if me taking this leap of faith is supposed to be a good thing, how am I here in, how am I here? How am I here in this space of depression? And why am I not getting any signs of what I'm supposed to be doing to get me out of this? These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Welcome to another episode of Tune the Fork. I have the pleasure of hosting Tia Danielle. How are you, Tia? I am wonderful. Wow, the pause. Again, words have power. Okay. And I want to make sure that I'm saying all the right words. Gotcha. To give me all the right energy. Well, I, uh, I struggle with words sometimes, mm -hmm. so please be patient if I fumble through. Oh, good. So, um, you have a lot of titles. Um, entrepreneur is one. Mm -hmm. Fashion designer, I guess. Stylist. stylist. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Stylist. Author. Mm -hmm. um, podcast. Creator. Yes. What else am I missing? Um, goddess. Goddess. Like I said, I was going to let you say it. <laughs> goddess. Goddess. Um, no, but that's, that's the gist of it. Okay. Um, rapper. Oh, okay. I kind of leave that on the back end, but. I got you. That's, that's a part of. The evolution, so that's still a part of me. Um, hello, beautiful. Hello, beautiful. Talk to me about that. The, the general conception? The general, or, the origin, what okay. it means, what you do with it. Um, so hello, beautiful was something that me and my grandmother would say to each other when we came in the room with each other, okay? Only distinctly remember this being a thing in the last year of her life. Um, so that's why it's so important to me. Like, it's not just a saying, it's not just an ebook. it's not just a website, it's, it's more, it's special, right? Um, so I would come to her house, and as soon as she saw me, I'd, hello, beautiful, is what she would say. And I would say it back to her. And I felt like that was her gift to me, in a sense. I always knew that I wanted to have my own business of some sort. Didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, I do styling. I'm always on social media sharing fashion, beauty, skincare, all of this stuff. People DMing me, asking me questions. So I'm like, 
I think I'm gonna do a book. It took me a year and a half to do this 25 page ebook, right? Because you wanna make sure you're adding in the right information that is gonna be beneficial. Um, and then there were things in life that happened that, you know, you kind of have to take a pause sometimes and mm -hmm. come back to it. And so when my grandmother passed, um, I have someone here that knew her through her grandmother, and she sent me this gift. I keep giving, getting these gifts, right? And you don't really know they're gifts until you actually get them. Um, and she said it was a pillow cover, and the pillow cover said, Hello, beautiful. Mm. And when I got it and I put it on the pillow and I messaged her and I thanked her and she knew I was writing this ebook and she said, now you know what your ebook is supposed to be called. And I was like, wow. And this person was, is a friend of yours? Yeah, her grandmother and my grandmother went to church together and wow. she just happens to live here in this area now. And um, she knew my grandmother, she knew how special my grandmother was. And she knew the relationship that we had. Like, she was one of the most important people to me. And I know a lot of people feel that way about their grandmothers. Yeah. But I've lived every day of my life with this woman. And I'm however old I am. Um, so she, and she had a huge impact on me. Like, I've, I've seen her go through things that I myself probably would not have had the same strength that she had or would not have been able to move past like she did. And so... What was her, what's her name? Her name was Willie. Miss Willie? Miss Willie. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's really important for me that when people have people in their lives who are very important, who have passed on, that we create space for them to participate and support oh. and show love. So as we move, mm -hmm. there's a place. For Miss Willie. For Miss Willie. Absolutely. Yes. So that's where Hello Beautiful derived from, the ebook, And... I just felt like I had to keep going bigger with it and because it was it just felt to me like it's keeping her here even though she's not physically mm -hmm. here and it's keeping me connected to her in some way because I felt so disconnected from her or just in general. From her, um, which also has made me feel a little disconnected from spirituality. Okay. And so me creating this website and this ebook just makes me feel like I'm connected still. So it's almost a form of healing. In a form of like rec recognition of Definitely. the gifts you've been given in life. And Definitely. it's like a reminder. Because you don't want to feel like anything is in vain. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, I before the year of her passing, I have no remembrance of us saying that to each other. That was that was a gift. Like I cannot take that for granted, right? So you have to. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Anybody who follows you on social media can clearly see the front-facing goddess Tia Danielle. Like, that's, that's there, right? It's beautiful. It's informative. It's encouraging. It's, you know, it's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, We've been trying to schedule to make this work for a while. And I was trying, and when you, and when we first started having conversations, it was like when I first started. And that's what I'm talking about gifts. Because when I first, when I first talked to you about being on this show, on this podcast, and you know, nothing against anything, but I distinctly remember you saying, I don't know how we could make it work because you do you do one thing and that's what you see and I'm more so over here I don't know how we can make it work and then here I go doing my podcast and it took me a while to figure out what my podcast was supposed to be about and when I figured it out that then brought you in on another level of who I am yeah and that is how we are here in this moment Mm -hmm. so think like things happen on purpose for a reason and it all just seems so perfect in the execution and timing and and uh I'm so thankful for that because I when you first started when you I, I listened to your first episode and I was like oh okay um some time had passed. I see you posting stories and doing your thing on, on social media and you know, and I'm doing my thing on there. And you posted one message or, or uh, one notification that you had a new podcast release. Mm-hmm. And it was called Questioning Everything. Mm-hmm. And something about that said, let me go listen to this thing. Mm-hmm. And that really opened me up to see you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about is what your relationship is to the podcast. This is just one of the things, because I think we're going to go a couple of different places based on um, what I have in my mind, but it can veer, I'm leaving room for the universe. But what you're doing with the podcast versus the social media aspect of it, because I feel, I feel what's taking place in the podcast piece is, is, is some really profound work. And I'm not, and I wanna talk, like you share a lot in there. Um, so, let me start with 
let me take that step back. What do you use the podcast for? It's called Conversations with a Goddess. Yes. Do you know Neil Donald Walsh for the, the Conversations with God, dude? Are you familiar no. with him? He has, a, he, has a, he has a series of books called Conversations with God, and I thought maybe it was a play. No. Okay. And you know what's even funnier? I thought I was coming up with something with Conversations with a Goddess. There are like several podcasts. Oh, okay. Called Conversations with a Goddess. I'm like, okay, so I thought about changing the name. Um, but the name that I had in mind of changing it to, I feel requires a, an extreme deeper level of conversation that I'm not 100% there yet. Okay. Um, so we're just going to keep it as is, but yeah. Gotcha. So what does, what does conversations with a goddess mean to you and what do you, what do you use it for? Because I feel like it's a specific thing. I've always felt like everything that I do um, intentfully is for other people. But once it's all said and done, I realize that it's a lot done for me. Um, conversations with a goddess, the, the, the sole purpose of it is spiritual upliftment, spiritual enlightenment, self-love, self-care. Deep down, that's who I am, right? You may not see that on social media. On social media, you see fashion. You see the sexier side of me at times. Okay. Um, and there was a, a period during my social media journey that I combined everything on my feed and because I was trying to be an influencer, everyone that was giving me advice told me that I needed to focus on one thing on my feed. And so I chose for my feed to specifically be fashion related because I felt like that's what people were more drawn to. So I started separating everything and it's hard to really speak about spirituality because religion is such a more talked about topic and I just felt like doing a podcast where I was more in my secluded and I didn't have all eyes on me would be a little bit easier for me to talk about the things that matter to me on a spiritual level. And so that's, that's, what it, that's why, part of the reason why I started it. Um, but it has definitely, like, episode after episode, 
I go back and I listen after I record, and I really feel like it's part of my healing process as well. Even though, you know, I'm sharing downloads that I get um, and things that I feel on a spiritual level to help other people that may be going through the same thing and don't know how to say it, don't know how to release it, it's, it's helping me too. It's helping me tremendously because it's not sitting inside. Yeah. It's, it's being released, you know, for, for, for 20 minutes once a week. Um, and I just hope that what I'm sharing It, it resonates for who it needs to resonate for. You know, I know that everything is not for everybody, and I make mention of that before every single episode. This may not be the message for you, and that's fine, but if, if this resonates, then this was the message for you. Or if you think that this would be a message for somebody else, just share it. Like, it, everything does it. It's not... Everything's not for everybody. When I tapped in a month ago and listened, I feel like you're at a period in your life from not just, maybe it's the feeling that I got that there are like these professional, spiritual, um, business, all of these aspects of life that you're at a period now where you're questioning everything. Mm -hmm. um, are you still there in a way? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. And I may never get the answers that I'm desiring, and that's okay. I, I, when I did that episode, I felt like there was something wrong with me questioning everything. But if you don't question anything, how are you going to grow? How are you going to gain knowledge? It, it, it's definitely a powerful thing to be honest about questioning everything because It's okay. It's a part of the journey. I have now come to terms with it and realized that it's a part of my spiritual journey for me to question everything. But when I did that episode, I was, I was scared. Like, I thought that there, like, there was really something wrong with me. I thought that there was something that I was doing so wrong along my spiritual path that brought me to this place of questioning everything. And what specifically are you questioning? So like I mentioned, um, with feeling connected to my grandmother's spirit or feeling connected, period, um, there were times where my grandmother's favorite scent was Curve, the purple bottle. Um, and I still have her last bottle in my altar space. I spray it. Um, but there were times where I would be out 
and I would just smell it. And that made me feel like she was there, right? There was, there was a moment where my old roommate called me the name that my grandmother called me. Nobody knows. Freaked me out, right? But I clearly, she had to have been there, right? Um, there were those moments, and then there was nothing. And that makes me feel like, it made me feel like, and it may still make me feel like that, um, that am I doing something wrong? Am I doing something that she, that she may not feel is right for me? Am I doing something where my spirit guides, you know, maybe like, you know what? I am just not gonna deal with you right now. And if I'm doing something, give me a sign because the disconnect, it, it hurts just a little bit. Um, like I just felt like I wasn't getting signs like I used to get. I wasn't getting, um, I wasn't having the dreams that I was having because I, I have these very vivid dreams. Mm. Um, and I wasn't getting that. Things were happening where I felt like I was getting messages on what to do, and I would do it, and then it would just all backfire. And I would question, am I really getting messages from spirit, or am I bugging? Because how am I doing everything that I feel like I'm being guided to do, and then it all backfires. And what's your, what's your definition of backfire? So, <laughs> I left a job that I asked for for three years. Um, and I felt that I was so ready for. And I worked it for 11 months and realized that I wasn't ready for it. Mm. I was ready for the money. I wasn't ready for the work, right? And I thought that having more money would make me working a job be more, I would be more okay with it because I was never really okay with working a job because I had all these entrepreneur ideas. Mm -hmm. I'm a creative and I felt like being a creative, that was my purpose. Not just my passion, I felt like that was my purpose. In my mind, passion and purpose were the same thing. And I talked about this on a podcast episode. Um, and so working jobs was like, why am I here? Why am I here? And then everybody's like, your job is supposed to fund your dreams. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna 
get this position, I'm gonna make this money, and it's gonna be okay. It wasn't okay. And so I said, I have to leave, and I have to do what I'm supposed to do. And so I'm listening to Steve Harvey, and all Steve Harvey talks about is leap of faith, leap of faith, leap of faith, and I'm like, I'm gonna take this leap of faith. And so I left this job, and then I left, and I said, oh my God, I'm not gonna have no money. Like, everything was telling me to leave this job. Things started, like, I wasn't feeling well um, physically. Things were happening. Uh, my anxiety was at an all-time high. Everything was telling me to leave. And then I left, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have no money. So then I just went back to another job. And I'm like, that's really not how leap of faith is supposed to work. Like, you don't leap from a job another job and so when I worked this another job I became even more depressed I was like at the highest level of depression that I've ever been how long ago was this this was February March April within those three months of this year of this year okay um and there were moments where I I tried recording myself in these moments in hopes of helping someone, but I never did anything with it. Um, but it was it was really bad. Not in the sense of I want to take myself out of here but I felt I had no control over my emotions. Mm. No control over my emotions. And any and everything would make me cry. Like, it would just happen, and I, I don't even know why I'm crying. Like, and I'm doing this myself in seclusion. Like, nobody knows... You may have known because I may have drank more than usual. But in my head, I'm like, if me taking this leap of faith is supposed to be a good thing, how am I here in how am I here? How am I here in this space of depression? And why am I not getting any signs of what I'm supposed to be doing? to get me out of this. Um, and so, and in that period, my grandfather was deteriorating, my grandfather then passed away, and in my head, I'm like, I can't keep doing this job thing and not doing what I've had a desire to do this whole entire time, which is live life on my terms, doing what I love to do every single day, and make myself happy. And so I left that job, and I started this website. Again, feeling like I'm doing the right thing, right? And 
I start this website, paid all this money to have this website done, have it set up how I wanted, how I felt like it should be, and it was just supposed to be an extension of the book. And the book is a self-help on fashion, beauty, skincare, health, and wellness. So I said, this is what the website's going to be. Because everybody's not an e-book person. Everybody doesn't read a book. Everybody's on the internet. Right. This is what it's going to be. You have my styling services. You have my online boutique you could shop. You have my looks of the day. So I'm not always using Instagram for something. And you have my blogs. I said, this is it. It's built. I bought these clothes. I bought all of this stuff to start my business. Great. I'm finally doing, I'm finally doing it. And then all the money that you use to start your business starts to run out. Now what are you going to do? And then I'm back to what is happening because I keep doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And then it gets to a point of, I'm clearly doing something wrong. So the backfiring is the, is, is something not working out the way that you envisioned it working out in your mind. You feel, you're feeling like you're, 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 you're getting downloads or you're feeling compelled to make a decision in this way. And you make that decision, but when but you don't get the result that you're that you expected. That and I started the website, and maybe two weeks after I started the website, a spiritual awakening occurred. And I had to go into seclusion. Like I like I like disappeared like my my posting on social media three times a day on my feed literally went to maybe once a week um i i barely talk to people now like it just even it went even further and i spent so much time in my altar space, I didn't, like, I, I wasn't doing anything that I was doing. I wasn't going out anymore. I wasn't doing nothing. I was going through this spiritual awakening for like two and a half months. And I'm like, how is this happening when I just started this website? Like, I'm supposed to be promoting this website every single day. If I'm not promoting this website every single day, how are people going to know that this website even exists? How are people going to buy any of my products if I'm not doing this? But this was happening, and I needed to be in seclusion. I needed to experience what I needed to experience in that spiritual awakening, even though it all of it wasn't good. Um, I had about a month and a half of vertigo um, that I had to like truly deal with because I had to start another job. Mm. 
I had to go to work. And if anyone has experienced vertigo, like you, it's like real debilitating. Yeah. But I had to go through all of that, I feel, to show myself exactly how strong I actually am and how I like what I'm supposed to be doing is a little deeper than what I'm presenting to the people. Hence how the podcast really started. I may have started it last September, but I didn't really start it until this spiritual awakening occurred. And that's how it went from a podcast of fashion. I don't even know how I was going to do a podcast on fashion. Fashion is visual, you know? And the spiritual awakening had to happen for me to be even more enlightened and and share that with people and to realize that your passion and your purpose do not always coincide with each other. What is your passion? Creativity. And what is your purpose? Healing. Thank you. You just said a lot, so give me like 10 seconds. When you um, you're using you're using some terms, and I want to make sure that I'm clear on what those terms mean to you. Um, awakening, what is that? Spiritual awakening, I think, is what you said. Spiritual awakening. Um. Being being shown being shown what isn't physically present at the moment. Okay. Opening up to something that you will have no control over. 
What does that process, I, I, like I said earlier, I respect that people have a very close and strong relationship with words and them motherfuckers I struggle with often. So I like to get people to describe things sometimes if they can, because it helps me connect with what they're what they're talking about. What, what does that feel like? What does a spiritual awakening feel like for you? Like I said, it, um, it's literally every emotion that you could possibly feel. During that time, I was happy. I was sad. I was upset. I was confused. I was I was I was everything. I felt that prior to that before it actually happening because I figured at some point during my spiritual journey there would be some type of an awakening. I felt like it would have been a more smoother process. Okay. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And I'm glad it wasn't smooth. Mm. Because there are a lot of things that have that I have experienced in my life that I didn't think that I was strong enough to handle. And the fact that I made it through this spiritual awakening and I'm able to then share these things through my podcast and be open about a lot of things, it just makes me feel even more empowered and stronger to stand in what it is that I believe in, even though I may be questioning a lot. I, I still believe strongly in my spirituality and in my spiritual practices, even though in the moment I may not be getting the signs that I'm asking for or the connection that I'm asking for. I don't know what's going on on the spiritual side of things. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I don't feel my grandmother's connection. Maybe she's connected to someone else in, the, in this moment that I actually need her. You know, I, I don't know but I still feel strongly about it. Um, 
Yeah. In the from a spiritual aspect, let me let me take a step back. I have one more question. On the podcast, you do use the word healing a lot, mm -hmm. and you just described it as your purpose. Mm -hmm. What does healing mean to you? Healing, healing to me is a process. And now I wish I had my phone over here because I, there, there was a download that came to me for the last episode of the podcast and I wanted to word it exactly what it was. But, you know, I have avoided therapy for a very long time. Um, I knew that there was some type of healing that I needed based on things that have happened. Um, but I've avoided therapy because I've felt like, one, why I'm gonna burden somebody else with my issues, one. Which sounds crazy now, right? Um, why I'm gonna burden someone with my issues, two, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're going through in their own life. How are they going to help me? Like, I've had all these walls up, right? But in that March and April highest level of my depression, I was like, maybe I do need somebody else. Because I've always tried to handle it myself. Because I knew that I have, I know that I have the ability to heal. I know that my my I know that my voice is healing. I know that my touch is healing. I know that the knowledge and the information that I have from my past life helps to heal. But I felt like maybe I need help in this moment. So I reached I reached out. I opened up myself. I've reached out twice seeking a therapist, and neither time have any of these people called me back. And I, again, these signs, I ask for signs, so in, in, these, in these moments, I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to have a therapist, maybe I'm supposed to self-heal, and that's fine with me. I was fine with that, however, it was supposed to look like. I was fine with that. Um, so, not that I have put therapy completely out, but right now in this moment, I feel like I'm doing a really good job in going through the process, making me more self-aware of myself, that this healing process is going exactly how it's supposed to go. I feel way more empowered than before, way more self-aware than before on a mental and spiritual level. That's 
appealing to me. And not holding on to things that I know that don't even exist anymore. The past doesn't exist anymore. Why am I holding on to any of it? When you ask that question, what answer do you get? There's no purpose. There's no purpose in holding on to something that made me feel so sad and angry. But you were holding on to it. I was. Why do you think you were? I feel like that's what we're conditioned to do. Okay. I feel like that's what we're conditioned to do. And that's why, a, that's why we are where we are. Because we are holding on to the past. Something that doesn't even exist anymore. It's over. And I just want to have, I just want to be at peace. I want to be at peace every single living day that I have. I don't, if we're going to keep bringing up past things, I don't want, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. I'm not there. I don't want it. If it's not about peace, if it's not about my happiness for my every living day, I don't want it. Yesterday doesn't even exist anymore. Granted, I had a great time yesterday. I was at peace doesn't exist. I think but there even though that statement is made, I do still feel like there is something that is being thought or expressed that contradicts it that I think you recognize to a degree, right? Because it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go for a lot of people, including myself. Yeah. And you think that when, when you're saying it doesn't exist anymore, you think that you're erasing everything. You're erasing every memory. Life is an experience. The experience that you have every single day is, is supposed to help you grow and supposed to help you be a better being. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to allow you to help someone else. My experiences weren't just my experiences. My experiences happen so that I can have a story to tell to help someone else. But they're not even helping you at this point, which is what you're saying you struggle with at this, at this time. I did. Okay. I'm, but you don't I'm, anymore. No. Okay. 
No, I. Because I, you. I, I I literally take everything with a grain of salt at this point. Like I I can't even be. There are so many things that have happened in my life that I have held on to, and I have had to find other ways to release it. I have had to find other ways to deal and move on from me having an abortion. I've had to find a way to move on for that. And granted, it took me 22 years to find a way to move on. But I have moved on from it. And words having power, you have to be careful what you ask for. Because all I asked for for years was to see this person who got me pregnant, who didn't want this baby, who has now moved on with life, and now has a whole family of his own. All I asked for was to see this person so that I could share how it hurt me. So I could share how it hurt me. And I saw this person at this job that I wasn't even supposed to be at, that I was extreme, at my depressed state. Mm. If I was never at this job, I would have never seen this person. Never. And you know what happened? Nothing. The conversation that I was promised that I would have, nothing. Nothing happened. And so I had to find my own way of dealing with that so that I can move on. And you know what I did? I wrote a letter to my son. Asking for forgiveness and my decision because I allowed somebody else's desire to make me choose otherwise. And I wrote that letter and I put it in my altar space and I moved on. Mm. And now I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. And you know it would be okay if you weren't fully good, right? Like I, 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 I don't wanna the idea of this healing thing, at least from my understanding of it. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Because holding, holding on to that did nothing. Holding on, letting go and not being, I think they're, what, so, I feel like one of the things that, based on what I'm hearing you say and what I'm processing, you things have to be in a place and once they're in their place you're good and you can move on now just because they're in that place doesn't mean it's been addressed it just like has to be like in that place and there has to be a word associated with it there's got to be a framework around it and once it's there boom cool you can you can move on and one of those places i feel is just 
and, and I'm not trying to convince you that you're not okay, by the way. No. I don't, I, I don't want to, but. Not at all. I, because what I also, what I'm also hear, hearing is some conflict in the moments when you're not, or when, when you don't have it figured out. And I'm just trying, and I've heard you also say that you recognize that and you're, and you're getting better with not knowing. I'm just trying to reaffirm that side of what your story is about not so you can put it to the side and still have a feeling about it that you carry that that you that that you walk with without it having to be a bad thing or without you not moving on. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if you, there are a lot of things that I've worked to resolve that don't go away. I've just developed a way to carry that shit with me in a healthier way. So it doesn't, I can't, because a part of, a part of moving forward is acknowledging what happened to me or what I did or whatever the case may be. And, 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 and processing that and then integrating it in my life so that I can move forward in a healthy way. I've, I've acknowledged that the energy that these certain experiences bring to me is not an energy that I desire to feel or to live with. And I do, at this stage of my journey and my development, I do whatever I need to do to release that energy and receive the energy that's going to make me feel good, period. Okay. The signs that I ask for or the signs that you ask for may not always be the signs that we need, okay? I keep saying that I don't feel connected to my grandmother and now I'm questioning everything and that has geared me and I am, I am not a religious person. Um, I don't do church. I don't go to church. But in me questioning everything, I have been geared towards certain sermons that have helped me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's my grandmother because my grandmother was such a faithful religious person. Yeah. It's not the sign that I asked for by any means because I'm deep rooted in my spirituality. But these sermons that I have been guided to have helped tremendously. I can only believe that that's my grandmother. So I'm okay. I'm okay with it. And 
I'm a, I'm okay with I'm good with letting go of how that experience has made me feel. Yeah. I'm so good because what have re- what I have realized in that experience specifically, the abortion. I'm glad I didn't have a kid. Then I'm glad because my whole desire of how I would want to raise a child now within the past 10 years, totally different, totally different. Just from like little, the little, little thing of not wanting to give birth in a hospital. At 19, I would have had no other choice. I wouldn't even have known that there were other options. I would have never known that there were other options. So I just feel like it, it happens for a reason and it, it, and it wasn't my time. And I feel like whatever, whomever spirit that was, that was in me, has forgiven me for the for that decision and the way it had to end. And I'm good. And you've forgiven yourself. I have forgiven myself because I'm a totally different person. And I just wanted him to know how how I felt because we never had the conversation. And you look at what other people have now that you could have had and it's like it doesn't seem fair it doesn't seem fair in the moment how you get to have this family and I don't and it's not even about that yeah it's not I don't know how I don't know how his life is with this family he may, he may not even be happy himself. I don't know. It's not about that. Right. I had to let it, I had to let it go and, and find forgiveness in another way. And I did, and I'm okay. I'm good. You, um, you mentioned that you started your spiritual journey at, in 2014. Yes. What, what, uh. Intensively. I feel like it started when I was seven, but intensively doing the work, it was 2014. I, um, when I was, Like 15 years old, I had a real, like my, my whole mental and emotional shit was real crazy mm-hmm. for a long time. And, uh, and, and now I'm, just, I'm, I'm sharing to just kind of offer a, a similar experience, I guess, and where, where, where I am. I'm a, I'm a Virgo and I'm a very analytical person and I ask a bunch of questions and everything has to make sense. Mm-hmm. And, I've got to, it's got to, 
It's got to make fucking sense to me. That's a Taurus thing. It must be it's, a Taurus thing, too, because I'm the same. Yeah, if it don't, if, I, if, I, if I'm asking this question, I don't have an answer. I got I to gotta keep asking. I got to keep looking at it in 24 trillion different ways until I can figure out what it is. One of the things that I would do that with was myself. Mm-hmm. I would look at myself in a bunch of different ways. Why did this happen to me? What happened? And... And in the process, and in a lot of the books that I have, I started like when I was like 19 or whatever, trying to figure out, trying to heal myself. All these sages and gurus and therapists talk about all of this stuff. And I had a very, um, cerebral comprehension of the practice of what healing was, what it meant, but I didn't really have personal experience with the process of it at all. Like I knew the concept, I knew what you got, oh, I'm one, right? Oh, I can heal myself, or oh, I can do this or that and the third. The universe is everything and all knowing, but I got to know about this thing. There were all of these contradictions that I had built up that didn't really lend itself to practicing belief and faith in this higher power thing that's governing every fucking thing. Um, And what I've, and it took me a very, very, very long time. I think it's, to realize that there was nothing wrong with me. That there was, that, that all, of the, I, all of the process of trying to heal. Not trying, healing. That all it was was just a practice of not acknowledging that there's nothing to be healed. Mm. Mm. I was just practicing it. And, and it's almost, it's a, similar, it's a similar thing that I did when it comes like this concept of being man. Like there's this, the, the box thing or the label on it or feeling like there's a problem to solve um, created so much like anxiety in me that I always felt that there was something that I was doing. And, and the reason why I asked you like what your what healing meant to you was because I had it and, and, and what you were describing is healing versus the spirituality piece kind of like almost sounded like they're the same thing in my mind mm-hmm. for what I internalize it as, mm-hmm. for what I understand it as. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an awareness. It's a, it's a remembering it's an acknowledgement of something that you did not, that you were not acknowledging before. What, what, whatever that thing is or in that very moment. And I didn't, I didn't understand how I was generating a lot of the very thing that I was saying I was trying to heal just by going through the process. 
And a lot of it was getting out of my head um, and not and being okay with things not being in a box. And that's faith and belief, I think, in the, in the real most like basic form, like Absolutely. not knowing it's because what do you fucking really know at the Absolutely. end of the day anyway? Absolutely. And that's just like the saying, it's either you're going to worry or you're going to have faith. A lot of us worry every single day. Worry, worry, worry. Still questioning, questioning, questioning. If you ask for it, it's going to happen. It's going to come. And it's easier said than done. Having faith is easier said than done. But it's in the moments of when you get exactly what you ask for. It's like, what was I worrying for? What was I allowing myself to go through all of these emotions for? And in 2014, I truly began meditating. And that's how I feel like the intent of my journey started. I began meditating, going deeper, shutting off the outside as best as I could to bring in something that was more meaningful, that would allow me to deal with the human side of things. Um, and in doing that, I was able to tap into something deeper. I was able to see things that I wouldn't have been able to to see or know about if I had not done so. And that's how I know I had a, I, I came from a past life. That's how I know for a fact that I came from a past life. And I say my spiritual journey started when I was seven because I've had moments of wonderment of why am I here what is going on around me? Very confused at seven. So that's why I say the journey started then because who questions that at seven? But they say kids know. But it's like, who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell at seven that I don't understand why I'm here? And that they're going to receive that and, and try to help you understand. So you just go on with life. So in 2014, I tapped into something deeper, and it started opening up things, and it started allowing me to see things, and it started allowing me to feel things. And the journey, like I said, has not been 
smooth. It has not been peaceful. It has had moments of self-doubt and moments of depression and sadness. And I think that in those moments as humans, we don't really know what to do with it. But spiritually, you begin to understand that it's just something that you have to go through. And if you can just get through it, if you could just hold on and get through it, you will then understand why it happened. So we've got to leave room for that, right? Yes. So you mentioned before we came on about the human experience and not liking that part. It's a The spiritual experience is already a lot. What's the difference to you? It's, it's what you truly are at the end of the day. This human experience is really just a facade. Like it doesn't even exist once certain organs don't stop, certain organs stop working. It doesn't even exist anymore. But what's your but framework spirit, other than that though? My who? Your framework. How, how are you experiencing how are, how are you in the amount of time you've lived on Earth in this shell of a body? Because mm -hmm. you're saying you don't like the human experience, but you like the spiritual experience. I don't, like, a, I don't like it all the time. I just feel like the, the, for me, I feel like my spiritual self handles things way more differently than my human self. My human self turned alcohol. My human self looks in the mirror sometimes and as crazy as it sounds does not even feel as pretty or beautiful as other people tell my human self. My spiritual self feels amazing at the end of the day. After dealing with all of that, I can go into my space and tap into my spiritual self and, and just be okay. So here's where I'm confused. Now, if you're confused, I know everyone's confused. And confused probably ain't the best word, so thank you. Your spirit chose this. That's what they say. So, you disagree? Let me ask that first. So this was an accident. Is your belief? I'm asking, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I chose this, no. 
I'm not going to say it was an accident. It could have very well been on purpose, but I don't think, I don't feel like this was a decision that my spirit made. And um, that that's a tough motherfucking position to be in. It just in I realized last year that one of my purposes in this life, one of my, the thing that I needed to experience and that I needed to come to grips with was self-love for my self-love, which I clearly was missing in my past life. And I had to be brought back here, not, not by my choice again, because, not by my choice, but I had to be brought back here so that I can get that lesson so that I wouldn't have to do this again. I truly believe that until you learn your lessons, you're going to keep coming you're going to keep coming back to this to this world. You're going to keep coming back until you learn your lessons. And that's why I'm here. And that wasn't a decision that my spirit made. It was just a decision that was made. So because the spirit when I when when, when I left my past life, that was supposed to be it for me, for me and my spirit. But clearly, I didn't learn the lesson. So your spirit didn't know that it didn't learn the lessons that it was supposed to learn when it left. It had to go back to the source. And then the source told the spirit that you didn't learn the lesson, and then the spirit the source sent the spirit back here against the spirit's will to learn a lesson that the spirit knew yep. that the spirit knew it needed to learn. Yep. So the spirit knew it needed to learn self-love because it didn't do it in the first one, but it didn't choose this life. The, the spirit would have chosen. I didn't know that it was self-love. In my past life, in my past life, I thought everything was perfect, or at least I felt like it was. I meaning the human? Yes. Okay. But clearly spirit was missing something. So who supersedes? The spirit, right? I'm assuming. I'm, I'm asking because these are, I'm trying to understand your Connection because to the I um they say that we live many different lives. I only know of this one and I only and I only know of parts of the one before this one. And this one I'm very well aware of 
human experience and spiritual experience. I'm very well aware in this life. In that life, I, I don't think that I was well aware of there being a separation. It was just what it was. Um, but as much as I felt like everything was all good, But isn't that what spirits do? Spirits know shit that the human don't know. That's a part of the universe. Like, I don't know what 22,432,724 times 32.42 million trillion is, but I know the universe knows. So because I don't know, doesn't mean- And I also didn't give myself time in that past life to figure it out like I have given myself time in this life to figure it out. I guess what I'm I guess what I'm trying to understand is you're clear today that there is a a, a distinct difference between human and spirit mm-hmm. and spirit is the all is connected to the all knowing knowing everything and all of that mm-hmm. so but but you're making human assessments about omnipotent all knowing spiritual thing so. In my mind, as a human, I guarantee know that I don't know nearly half. That's one of the things that gives me comfort, knowing that I don't know, but I've, that there's this greater thing that, that's running shit and got faith. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But what I'm hearing you say is that the human, the human part of you knows what the spiritual part is doing and when those two things don't align, it's the human part that's questioning the spirit part. Mm-hmm. But the spirit part knows more than the human part. Mm-hmm. So, so. And in between that is faith. Faith in letting spirit do what spirit needs to do in order for you as this human to get through this human experience to me. And I guess the part that I'm saying to that piece is you're saying that the spirit didn't choose this life. The human Tia Danielle is telling me that the spirit didn't choose it. The human Tia Danielle. I wouldn't, I, and I, and I think for a lot of people, I would not have asked for this life and to experience the, the things that I've experienced in this life in order for me just to get to this point. I think that's a lot of us. Like, we wonder why we have to experience the things that we experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked for this. Especially the human wouldn't. The human. The, even this, I feel like my spirit also has truly been affected by what the human has had to deal with. But that's a human statement. There's no way 
that the spirit is being affected by any motherfucking thing we doing. Like there's no way that's possible. It's connected to the most greatest, dopest, most beautiful thing on the planet. How could, how could, how could we, it's like saying I'm getting ready to sprint. It's like to me, mm -hmm. right? I'm getting ready to take a droplet of Kool-Aid and put that into the middle of the ocean and then expect the ocean to turn into Kool-Aid. We are beyond an infinitesimal expression of the larger thing that's going on. Not just from an experiential standpoint, but also from uh, a who gives you shit standpoint, I guess, at the end of the day. Like in the grand, 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 grand scheme of things, trillions of stars, quadrillions of atoms and the, all the people who've ever lived on the, in, the, in the history of the world and all the other worlds, like the fact that we're impacting that, like it, that, it's hard for me. We're just having a conversation, right? But it, it, it's, it's hard for it's hard it's hard for me to think that I'm influencing that. Is all. I get it, and. I feel like that's I feel like that's the great thing about spirituality is that it allows you to be open to any of any and everything and to assess on a more open-minded level than to be so, this is how things should be done. This is how you should think. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what happened. And it's okay if someone doesn't get your journey. It's okay. But, but I'm hearing you say that that's what it is, though, that it's this thing. I'm hearing you say that that's what this is. For me. For you. For me. Right. So mm -hmm. in the spiritual aspect, you're saying this way is the way that it is for you. Mm -hmm. There's no room for it open. Not, not that it's no room for an opening. It's just that I know that everything that I say is not going to be for everybody. I got you. But I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. And I'm cool, and I'm good with this conversation. What I'm not cool with is someone who's not even going to listen and to feel whatever it is yeah. that this journey has had me experience. And there are a lot of people who are closed off that won't even allow this to happen. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm open for, I'm open for all of it. I'm just saying, So far on my journey, this is how it has been. 
and this is my thought process, and this is how I have felt about the experience. Give me something else to think about. By all means, give me something else to think about. But like you said, if it, you're going to keep asking questions until it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to keep asking questions until it makes sense. And I'm okay with answering all questions until it makes sense. Yeah. And, it, and it might not even get to that point. Because I'm still learning and yeah. I'm still growing and I'm still acquiring whatever it is I need to acquire to be a better person in six months than I am in this specific moment right now. I, um, I find the multiple lives thing very interesting. I, I don't necessarily think I'm open to so much to where it's like, I don't know. That's kind of like where I think I am. I'm not, I can't say with any degree of certainty whether this is my third, my 300th, or my third thousand. What I, I would doubt it would be my first joint, whatever that is. I do believe, I, I, I think there's something going on that I am, that I have some awareness of, but I have, in a larger scope of things, no clue on how all of that shit is connected and moves. And I'm okay with that piece of, of, of not knowing but being open to it. But, I, but what you're saying does sound like it's more along the lines of what's actually happening now. Just to... I feel like if you have questions about this world on a deeper level that you came from somewhere else, that this is not your first time living as a being. Because you're not understanding something because you came from somewhere else where it was where it was. And now you're here, and it's like, what is this? That's how, I feel. That's how it was for me. There may have been times in between the period from when I remember to now, but the period from where I remember clearly had a tremendous impact on me because that's what I remember. That's where I've gotten visions from. What were those? Um... I, in 2010, I was in school for fashion and retail management, and a lot of our projects we had to do, we had to pick time periods. And I was always so drawn to Egyptian culture. So anything that had to be made, I chose the Egyptian time period. 
And I just always wondered why I was so drawn to that, why I was so drawn to um, the pyramids, um, the writings on the wall, always drawn to it. And in 2017, um, I became aware of that's where I came from, ancient Kemet. And the vision that I had wasn't a very pleasant vision in the sense of It wasn't a very pleasant vision because I um, I was attempting to commit suicide. And everything around me was ancient Kemet. It, it, it was pyramids, it was, everything around me was that, and I was, by water and and I I only tell this story to certain people because I know how hard it is to receive this for a lot of people but I can only tell you what I saw and The person that was trying to stop me from doing so lets me know that in my past life, I was very connected to a higher being of people. I wasn't a princess by any means, but I was very connected to kings and queens. Um, I was very loved and adorned by my immediate family, which makes it even crazy that I was attempting to leave that. And the person who was trying to stop me from doing so was indeed a queen. And the only thing that I heard her say in this vision was, I can't allow you to do this. Mm. And I know that I attempted to cut myself. And went into shock that I did it. And I believe I passed out and I drowned in the water. And I can only hold some truth to that vision because everything that happened in that vision is totally opposite of how I feel about things in this life. Like, I never understood suicide in this life. 
didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand how you could leave other people feeling the way that they feel when you leave on, on purpose. Yeah. Like you left on purpose. But I did that myself. I attempted to do that myself in my past life. I can't even imagine how I made my family feel in that past life. But the, the more I tapped into what I did and, and who I was, I began to understand it more. I drowned in that life. I almost drowned when I was seven years old in this life. It's like, it was the same, but it was opposite. And that was just one vision. Then I've astral projected back to Egypt, ancient Kemet. I've astral projected. I've been inside of pyramids. I've been inside of pyramids with other spirits, having conversation. I've been told things that I would probably never say because it's a lot. Um, but I've had these visions. So I, you don't have these visions for no reason. Mm. And you have to have a certain level of connection to experience visions like that. And when you have visions like that, do not take them with a grain of salt. Like, figure out why. It could really, it could re really help in this life with this experience that you're having in this life if you could just figure out why you're having those visions. And I had to have those visions. They had to come to me so that I could gain the lesson of self Love, I was clearly missing it. No matter how many people adored me in that past life, it doesn't even matter. If you don't love yourself, like that's all that really truly matters. Forget everybody else. Yes, it's great to be adorned, but if you still go home and you feel unloved, that's self. How are you doing with self-love now? Honestly. I think that I'm doing great. Okay. Um, again, there are a lot of things that need to be worked on. But that's... How do you measure self-love? I'm just... just Interested in all. I, I mean, I clearly probably couldn't just attach goddess to my name <laughs> if there wasn't a high level of self-love. Okay. And knowing who I am 
and what I deserve and knowing that can't nobody take that from me. I believe that I present myself as such. So can't nobody take that from me. And I attempt so hard in the things that I show and my self-love and my self-care, I only hope that it is projecting onto someone else to acquire that same self-love for themselves. Again, everything I do is not for me, and it's not particularly for my experience. It's for whomever is looking and watching. I think people miss that sometimes. I think I did, to be quite frank. Um, I think I feel, I think it's like that most of what we're looking at with people is superficial shit, meaning what they're presenting. Like the, 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 there's the what and then there's the why. Like why is somebody doing it? Somebody could be saying James is posting this shit because he just want, he's doing it for selfish reasons or whatever. I struggle with selfish, the word, and all that kind of shit. But anyway. It's okay. No, right. Because it, it's not a. Selfish? It's, per, it's perfectly fine. Is. It, it's Listen, healthy. It's healthy. It's very healthy. The, the, my, my problem, selfish, it's when it's at other people's expense that I feel if I'm using people, like if I'm, if I'm choosing to do with what, if I'm taking my energy and holding space for me because I know what I need, then... Yes, that's selfish. Now, if I'm taking space from other people and extracting energy from other people because that's what I feel like I need, then that's at the expense of them, then that's selfish. Exactly. But, but no, you, 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 you hold space for yourself. You, but I didn't, I didn't, um, the four other people is on conversations with a goddess from what I saw. Mm -hmm. And a large part of what I felt was, was a representation of that. Number one, you said it. And then number two, it was a sense of vulnerability. I get real connected to people who are being vulnerable. Like that is. And I think that's another reason why I went the podcast route. I feel like there have been times where I've unintentionally been vulnerable on my Instagram and it wasn't received well. That's fine. Yeah. But... Everybody's going to click on your story. People that you don't even know. I'm looking at my stories. My page is a business page. I can see everyone who's looking at my story. I don't know where half of these people come from. But everybody can see your story. 
everybody's not going to click on my podcast episode, right? If you clicked on that episode, you might as well just believe that you were sent to hear that episode. So you're going to receive me in a different way than you would have received me just by going through my stories. And I think that's why I am less on social media and more on the podcast. Um, I still don't post a lot on social media because I don't think social media is very social, to be quite honest. Um, I don't get what I desire from it anymore. And I don't feel like To the core of who I am, I feel like I just will be received way more through my podcast, right? And I barely share that on my social media. Like, I don't share every episode on there. I feel like whoever is supposed to hear it is going to come, and, it's, and that's who it's for. Social media, I just post fashion at this point. It's just, this is another side of me, but if you want something deeper, listen to my podcast. If you want a deeper side of me, listen to the podcast. I'm, I'm not going to give my deeper side of myself on social media because it takes a lot of energy to do social media. A lot of energy. So... It doesn't take a lot of, the, the podcast is, it's, it's the easiest thing for me to do. It, and, and I think that's probably, and that's a, that's a you thing. I don't think that's necessarily in general because I, I basically have what you're describing flipped. Tune the Fork is that. I've taken, so of your passion and your purpose those healing, to use your terms, and creativity, that's what this is. I've made them the same thing and have chosen to highlight that specifically above all others. And that is a very uncomfortable thing for me. And it's a lot of motherfucking work and you don't get received well and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's an, an easy for me, doing it in that way is the last thing it is, but that's where I feel I want to do, that's where I feel I want to do the work because that's what I feel my purpose is. Mm -hmm. And my passion is creating things. So you, I don't give a fuck if it's music, if it's a shirt, whatever it is, I am going to be talking about, and for me, healing is awareness. How are you becoming aware? Because when, I'm, when there's pain comes from a sense of disconnection in a way, not, not, not seeing what's there. And I feel like everything is all in one. But anyway, that's what Tune the Fork is your podcast, but I flipped it. And what I do in the stories is very loose stuff. Um, 
that kind of fits with what I feel the overarching theme is. But your podcast is what resonates the most for me because that's what I feel this is. And I don't know, I don't know like what your decision, your path is gonna be for for doing any of that, but the tone, the pace, all of that is very um it's going to connect with the right people in ways that your other stuff just isn't going to. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and um, I don't know what that means. I don't know what you do with that or whatever the case may be. But and, that's, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because I feel like I'm starting to get my mojo back as far as my business is concerned and the website and the brand and I'm I'm at the point where I'm ready to start giving my energy back to it but I know that it has to be it has to be different than what I initially set out for the website to represent and still keeping you think so i i do think so and i'm and what i'm going to say is only because i am at a higher level of self-awareness than i was previously i now know what I'm great at and what I'm not great at. I'm not great in selling and selling my selling myself. I'm great at creating and having the creation speak for itself. I was trying to sell clothes. I was trying to sell services. And just because I did the website doesn't mean that this just started. Like, I've been working at that part for years, and it hasn't worked. And I felt like having a a website based around that would make it more professional which would allow people to feed into it more. And granted, I only um, presented the website in the end of April, beginning of May. Um, I I just know it has to be different. Okay. I just know it has to be different. And... So now I'm trying to figure out how to make it different without losing the core reason of why Hello Beautiful even started. And now I feel like I need to tap into I need to tap into my grandmother even more at this point because I need her help. 
I feel like she gave me a she gave me a gift. I don't know if I am using the gift correctly. So I feel like Hello Beautiful, the brand, is supposed to be deeper than what I have allowed it to be. Um, fashion, beauty, skincare, that's all great. That's, I feel like that has a lot to do with self-love and how you present yourself, but it, it, it has to be deeper because people are dealing and women are dealing with a lot outside of trying to look good and look beautiful every single day. And I want to give women a feeling that my grandmother gave me every time she said hello beautiful. And it had nothing to do with what I'm wearing. Yeah, that'll bring people in, but what's after that? It has nothing to do with what I'm wearing or where to buy something or anything of that nature. The feeling that my grandmother gave me when she said, hello, beautiful, made me feel love, made me feel happiness, made me feel connected. That was our connection. I want women to come to my website and feel a connection. Every woman is not a size zero or one or two. How is someone who is not my size going to connect to me outside of fashion? I have to give something else. So I have to, re I have to redo it, and I'm trying to figure it out as we speak. So. It's there, but it's going to be bigger and better than what I ever could have imagined it to be. When I, um, when I first started this, uh, there's a philosophy that I learned in a sales class years ago from a guy named Simon Sinek, and he talks about why, like knowing your why, and he puts it into uh, like a bullseye thing. When I what you do to demonstrate your why can be anything, but you've got to be clear on what the why is and be uncompromising in that because that will be what you build everything around in like your thing. And the why of Tune the Fork is a disruptive content creator that seeks to create new patterns of thought, speech, and imagery. I have a fundamental belief that most of us are repeating patterns that we did not create. And they're so integrated into our lives and in our thinking that we don't even question them anymore. And we repeat it over and over and over again. For no reason. So. I literally want to disrupt those patterns by showing people having healthy, constructive, loving, 
conversations, the imagery, all of it is intended to disrupt that pattern. I'm going to use in the future pattern, uh, 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 fashion to disrupt that pattern. I'm going to use problem solving ability, different problem solving abilities to disrupt that pattern. But the overall objective is to use content to disrupt these patterns so that we can create new ways of interacting, engaging, and responding to people. And I don't give a fuck how much money somebody brings or tries to talk about doing something different. Anything that comes into this space that does not align and allow me to do that in an ethical way that reflects what that why is, it just, if I think about sending something, if I think about getting somebody on the guest, thinking about bringing somebody on the guest, it's like, okay, if this motherfucker, regardless of how big it is, if they just going to come on and talk some old shit and not do something or be, you know, um, non-constructive or whatever, they can't come on. That's not, I don't care how many followers I gain from it. Um, but it's helped me steer the ship in a way that stays consistent. Now the challenge has been to just be consistent. And I've struggled with what consistency means to me. Cause I want this shit to, I wanted a, I want an episode at least once a week. We've been doing this 11, 11, 20, 20. It's about to be 20. It's about to be two years, 108 months, weeks. Okay. Let me ask you how many episodes do you have so far? This will be, this is 60. And you did started this in 2020. 11, 11, 2020. So it's almost two years. So let's just divide that. Two into 60 is 30. So you've done 30 episodes a year. That's a lot. It's not 52, though. But it's still. And, and now only tr trying to have you see it another way is because. I've struggled with what consistency means based off of what other people are telling you what consistency means. And I thought I had a problem with consistency. I don't. I've been on YouTube since 2014. It is 2022, that's eight years. I have like 260 YouTube videos since 2014. Um, it's YouTubers that have been on YouTube for a year and have probably like, if you break up, I don't even know the, the, the math, but 260 videos is, is a lot of freaking videos. It's a lot of recording. It's a lot of editing. It's a lot of posting. It's a lot of promoting. It's a lot of energy. Consistency is not the problem. If I wasn't consistent, there wouldn't be 260 videos. But it, the, the, if the I wasn't, con and I'm, I don't mean to cut you off. No, nah, you good. If I wasn't consistent, I think coming back to something should also show a level of consistency because 
Like I keep coming, like I keep coming back and I keep doing more and more and more and more and more. Like you, like, if you don't see the, if, first of all, if you're not doing what I'm doing, if nobody is sitting here doing a podcast, you don't have nothing to say to the person that is doing the podcast. Nothing. You're not setting up the cameras. You're not setting up the, the set. You're not calling the people. You're not writing the note. You're not doing none of that. How are you to tell somebody they're not being consistent? And I don't think, to, for me, consistency isn't, what, isn't a standard that somebody else sets for me. It's a standard. So, like, our heart beats once, our heart beats about, let's say, once a second, right? That's 60 times a second a heartbeat. If my heart beat the same way I breathe, then that would be a problem. So there is a standard of consistency with heartbeat versus breathing versus a lot of different things. There's a framework. My heart ain't going to never talk about it ain't doing what the, the, the lungs are doing. They got a separate type of interval. I get that. If, so... When I started out, I said I wanted to do once a week. That was the framework and the baseline that I set for me. Who came up with that? I don't know. That's just some shit I pulled out of my ass. It was hard staying consistent for that initial period of time, but we, were, but we did it. Things started happening outside of that that pushed. My objective, so... But that's not somebody else telling me. There's somebody else that's doing like three a week or four a week. Whatever their metric of it is, is, is I'm never going to say to anybody outside of me that what their, what their intervals are are good or bad, right or wrong. They know the conversations they having. They know the bullshit that they creating and the excuses that they making and all of that. Nobody outside of them can tell them what that is. But I know that I should be at 108. I'm not knocking the 60, right? I ain't saying that I ain't done something that I should be proud of. But I do know that that objective of that 108, and I've done two in a week sometimes to get back on track because I was gone or traveling or something and couldn't do. So I'm trying to move those things around. And now that it's just me doing it, I have a much more. I can I can I can create I can maintain the framework because there's nothing outside of me making uh, that keeping me from doing that. Right. And also. Mm, please remember your thoughts. Um, damn, I forgot my thoughts. I'm sorry. This is, this is why you have to cut people out sometimes. <laughs> um, no, but consistency, like a lot of people just like to throw that word around and they just like to, like, if you ask anybody, what is your advice for, you know, da 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 You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. Okay. What's your, what do you have against that, though? Set what, a goal what, what and if keep that, it. What if that's not the person's issue? What if consistency is not the person's issue? So. Then you, you give them another piece of advice, right? You consider yourself to be a creative, right? Mm-hmm. 
I, my personal feeling, as a creative, creativity is, you have to have a feeling for me. I have to have a, a, a feeling, like something has to like move me and be like, okay, bet I'm gonna create, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. Yeah. That feeling doesn't happen all the time. Nope. It does not happen all the time. So to tell a creative to be consistent or your definition of consistent is crazy to me because in order for me to create something meaningful, meaningful there has to be a, a, a feeling. There has to be a feeling else it's not gonna. It's not going to do what it's supposed to do. But sometimes we're not. I got a homeboy who's a big time producer. Sure, it's all about feeling, but the technical acumen that he had to develop to get to that point to even be able to express himself when he does get that feeling, had it took commitment and it took mm -hmm. consistency. So, so, and I feel like. When we're talking about some of this stuff, I think we're talking about where people are like in their journey. So if you're early on, I didn't know, I can be honest with you and say, I was 100% bullshitting. Let me take a step back and go even further. I create whatever the fuck I want. That's me, right? I had to get to that point. Huh? I had to get to that point. So, right. I always had that point. I had to, I had to, that's always been the truth. I had to accept it. And when I wasn't doing the things in my life, when I wasn't manifesting the things in my life that I said I wanted, it was because I was bullshitting. 100% honest. And it was because I lacked uh, 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 drive, motivation, it was whatever it was, or I just, and, and what I ultimately was coming to terms with is I really didn't want that thing. So I had to be clear and honest that I didn't want that thing. And sometimes that thing was happiness. Sometimes that thing that I didn't want was peace because I was repeating a pattern of bullshit and drama and accepting. So I had to own that and then I had to stop beating myself up for choosing it and then telling myself that I wanted to choose something else, right? So just give me one second. So when people are starting in the beginning, they're, they're You've got to create a whole new pattern to start a new skill and become proficient at something. And sometimes you got to do work that you do not want to motherfucking do when you don't feel like doing it so that you can get to the other side. What I feel people are talking about in those instances, in those instances where they're saying consistency is that piece, how you create what you tap into and all of that, the, the manner in which I had to obsess over this dumb shit, to even think about how I wanna structure certain things, what my relationship is even to the podcast itself and the concepts and where I envision it going in the future and all of that. That required a lot of, most of that happened in times when I didn't wanna do certain things, 
but I knew I had to do it because I created a framework and said, you got to do this shit no matter what, motherfucker. I got to edit this shit when you leave. I don't want to. I want to watch C on motherfucking Apple TV. I'm a few episodes back, and I definitely want to do that. But I got to start putting out shit tonight. I know how long it takes to render. I know how long it takes. This is two and a half hours. It's going to take me five hours to fucking edit it. And it's going to take another hour to render. And then it's going to take another three, four hours to upload to motherfucking YouTube to get the 4K content. So I know how long I'm going to be up and what I'm doing and how I'm going to have to do the shit. But I'm trying to keep a motherfucking schedule in my head. And how I feel about that schedule, despite all of the other shit, got to take a back seat. Through the process of being discomfort, discomforted in that way and sticking to the consistency and the plan, you, you, it, it, it allows you to create new and in different ways than you wouldn't have if you just... I talked a lot, I'm sorry. No, I, listen, you have to talk so I can feel. <laughs> so I can feel the energy that's going to bring up some energy in me that's going to allow me to rebuttal. So you have to talk. Yeah. Um, there is one thing I did want to highlight. I wanted to, that came up, that I'm going to ask as for consideration on your side. I started my therapy when I was going through my divorce. And I realized how bad therapy processes are. I had to call maybe about 20, 30, 40 people. I called dozens of motherfuckers. And even when you do get one, they gon' suck. Because just like a mechanic, just like a motherfucking beautician, just like anything else, and even somebody refer you, it's good and bad to them niggas too. It's a gang of them that are just inept, just trying to get paid. When there are things that we want in the universe, when we want, I feel the universe asked us to prove it. And sometimes the way the universe asks us to prove it is by making us do a little bit of work. That way we can, that way because we're demonstrating how much we want it. Like how bad do you want it? You say you want this healthy relationship with yourself. You say you want to have a little bit more awareness. How bad do you really want it? I know there are things that you're doing on your own. And ultimately, when you do go talk to somebody, they ain't going to tell you something you don't already know. But sometimes it's just helpful to hear it from somewhere else. So I'm saying all that to say, I hope you call whoever you need to call for however long you need to call them so you can find someone you connect with. For me, it was somebody who was black. It was somebody, I wanted a black man. I, I, I tried 
to open it up to a bunch of broad motherfuckers. But um, if you if you felt a need to reach out and you tried, maybe that was saying something too. Yeah, and it's and I've given I've given these two the two individuals that I have called, I've given them like there's been a lot of space in between the time I called and not have heard anything. So it's not like, you know, I waited a day. I waited a week. No, it was a lot of time. Um, hopefully my earth angels are watching this. I have two very close people to me um, who allow me to release the way I need to release. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be mentally or emotionally. I speak a lot about journey, like I try to help people a lot um, with how they release. And I speak of journaling and, and meditating and talking to whomever you need to talk to spiritually. <clears throat> and not holding it inside. Journaling has has helped a lot. I haven't done it in, in a while. I was extremely consistent before, um, but I really haven't done it in a while. But it has been extremely helpful and beneficial. Um, even though I may not feel the connection that I desire to feel from my grandmother or even from my grandfather because I have never realized how much I am like this man until this man left. Um, I still sit in my altar space and I talk to them I talk to them. I don't know if I don't know if they are there in that moment and they are listening, but I talk to them. You have to let it out. I don't know the reason why I cry half the time, but I know it was a release of something. I know that there are a lot of people who are afraid to cry. You have to cry. You have to cry, you have to write, you have to talk to spirits, you have to have earth angels. Angels that are here living with you on this planet. If it was not for these two people, I mean, I can release anything to them. And they're going to tell me the truth. They're not earth angels in the sense of that they're just my yes people. They're not. They make me see a lot about myself that I may not have wanted to see. And 
I give them so much love and grace for that. And I know a lot of people don't have that, but that's why I say writing is so beneficial. When my grandmother passed away and we were cleaning out her stuff, I found a journal that I had given her for like Mother's Day or something. She wrote in it twice. I took that same journal. I wrote to her every single day until it was filled completely. That helped so much during the first year and a half of her not being here. I wrote to her every single day as if she was still here. I shared everything. Yeah. Writing is healing. Writing is so healing. And I would not have even believed that unless I heard Oprah say it because I was watching an episode of Oprah one day years ago and a friend of mine had gotten killed and I didn't know what to do. And on this episode of Oprah, she told the person to write to this person. And I wrote a letter to him. And I was like, this is amazing because it's, it's like, you know they're not there, but having this release makes it feel like they're still there. Writing is important. Having earth angels is a blessing. Talking to spirits, I, there are people to make you believe that that's crazy. There are people to make you believe that you only should be talking to one spirit. No, there are many. If you think you're going to leave here and you're not going to exist in the spiritual realm and no one is going to want to talk to you when you're not here, that's crazy. Like, there are other spirits that exist. Talk to them. Talk to them. I think my grandfather talks to me through, I've acquired this love for plants that is crazy. And every time I feel like I'm doing something wrong, I wake up and I see a new leaf coming from these plants, I feel like I did something right. Mm. Because of his energy still speaking to me somehow, some way. Talk to them. What's cool, is about, it, what's cool about it is I think you, there's never, at least, I can't speak for the world, and I really have very little focus on it because it's not something that I can control, but there will never be any judgment in this space in regards to how people support themselves and, and, and create frameworks for them to make it through. Um, I like highlighting the fact that people have a method and then if that works for them, and again, this is two and a half hours. However you live, however you think, however you feel, however you process what you think in the morning when you wake up. Tia Danielle lives with Tia Danielle. James Shelby lives with James Shelby. All of these truths, all of these realities, all of these things are always there. So what is, is. 
but you sharing in the way and you're sharing these things that 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 work for you hopefully can give someone in if they're not if they're not if they if things aren't working in their life um they at least have someone who's honest enough about the things that are working in their lives and who and if it's for them it's for them if it's not it's not but at least it's there as a, as a as something for them to hold on to or maybe even implement in their life because to me that is a part of that pattern disruptor when people come on there's a pattern that led us to this point And if, and if the pattern that led us both to this point is one that's working, and it's one that gives us the context and the, and, and the things that we need, then by all means, maybe the pattern disruptor isn't at this point, it's with the people coming and looking in, and that's just as motherfucking beautiful. I know my pattern is disrupted because I shared space. You chose to come on and share things that I haven't, I've never spoken to uh, anyone about. And I really appreciate that. And uh, it, means, it means a lot to me that you love yourself enough and trusted yourself enough to say the things you said on that podcast and to share it and to give me an opportunity to connect, you, connect with you in that way and um, I hope that it gives other people an opportunity to connect with you in that same way.